0: Singing from the same hymnal, the Naughty and Nice List, and Yuletide Cheer. Welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Glad you're here. How much insurance do you need? Do you ever ask yourself that question? We are going to tackle that with one of the members from our financial planning team. Ask Annex is coming up with a shocking fact about the S&P 500. I didn't know, and it kind of broke my heart. That's on the way. Also. Dave you've got a you've got a couple of teenagers uh, financial advice from social media if your kids come in and go hey dad I saw such and such on TikTok they they, they, did, they did that to me today actually okay yeah. we're going to talk about that welcome I'm Danny Clayton Dave Spano is our president and CEO. Brian Jacobson is our chief economist. And where do we start, guys?
1: Well, we start with uh, Brian brought in that big red suit. The Santa Claus rally is a real thing. Since 1950, the Dow and the S&P have averaged about one and a half percent over all of that time. And this year did not disappoint. So far, the S&P is up four and a half percent. And Danny talked about the naughty and nice list. Lots of that goes into what we're talking about.
2: Oh, absolutely. And uh, keep in mind, the Santa Claus rally really begins on Christmas Day. I mean, technically, it would have to be the day after because there is no trading that takes place on Christmas Day. But it's really the 12 days of Christmas where Christmas is the first day going through epiphany. So we've seen a little bit of the Santa Claus rally beginning as far as the anticipation of the gifts that Santa's going to bring. But a lot of times, actually, those gains historically have been during that somewhat quiet period, that week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, and actually technically epiphany.
1: And talk about the fact that there is low volume. And when it moves on low volume, that could mean good things in January as that rally continues. And why is this happening really right now? There's really a number of things. Positive economic news certainly is part of that. The slowing down of inflation and a dovish Fed all are lining up for a positive January as well. It does seem like
2: it. If we look at the inflation data, so on Friday, we got the Fed's preferred measure, the personal consumption expenditure deflator, so that is their official target, 2% over the medium term, and that is actually on a three-month annualized basis, running at close to the Fed's target, at about 2%. Now, obviously, this is not mission accomplished for the Fed. Uh, it's a question of, do you get there, and then do you bounce off of it, but So far, it does look like the momentum is moving in the direction of inflation continuing to move lower, finding maybe a little bit of stability with the housing market now that mortgage rates have come down from above 8% to the high 6%. Still a far cry from where it was just a year ago, but that is some incremental marginal improvement and maybe that will continue as we go into January. And
1: one of those factors that we spend a lot of time looking at is the 10-year Treasury peaked at 49 percent. As we talk about it today, 3.85%. That is a substantial move. So right now, the fact is the market thinks that rates are going to come down, despite all of the Fed officials trying to walk that back this past week.
2: Yeah, it was interesting listening to all the Fed officials coming out after Chair Powell's press conference and how they're like, you know what, it's premature to talk about rate cuts at this point. But And then they always started talking about rate cuts, about what conditions would be necessary and how, and I think this is really important that if they do cut, it's not to Ease monetary policy. It's really to keep it more stable because the Fed is beginning to focus more on inflation-adjusted yields. So if you take the nominal yield and subtract off inflation, they want to make sure that that's positive. It's still restrictive. But if inflation keeps moving lower, that real yield moves higher, and monetary policy gets more restrictive. So the Fed might try to be a fast follower of inflation lower when it comes to rates, and that in my opinion, is a very good thing for the outlook. It means that they're not going to be just sort of blissfully ignoring the inflation data, economic weakness. They're going to try to calibrate things to really stick the soft landing.
1: You know, I always seem to uh, chuckle at sometimes these Fed officials because they're trying to walk it back. But the dot plot or the dart plot, as we like to call it, does suggest that they're going to see three, and this is 19 Fed governors saying that we expect three rate cuts in 2024 and as many as three in 2025. So it is a bit incongruent.
2: It really is. And also key thing here is that is like the median of all of them. The ones who are likely to vote in 2024, because at the first meeting in January, you get a new roster of people who vote on policy. They might, actually have that more bias towards four perhaps five cuts in 2024.
1: And we're going to talk a little bit about the naughty and nice list coming up and there's certainly a lot that happened in this year Danny that we want to focus on and really what people can expect next year. There's a lot of money on the sideline that could come back into the market.
0: What Annex Wealth Management does is investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. Those four things and we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. That's right. There is a significant difference between financial advisors, and we want you to know the difference. We've got Annex Ignite, Annex Comprehensive Wealth, and Annex Private Client. We'll meet you right where you're at. You know what? We're glad you're catching our radio show, but remember, we're on demand wherever you need us, The week can review as a podcast at the top of the hour, wherever you get your podcasts, in the weekly Axiom newsletter. If you're not signed up for that, please do so. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show for Christmas Eve. Thanks for spending time with us. We're going to be right back on 925 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch every day. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar, dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. We're back. I know it's a busy weekend, but think about one week from today, we're going to be doing our Money Talk year end review show. It's always one of our favorites. We're going to look back, we're going to look forward, a bunch of great stuff. So that's a week from today. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist, Annex Wealth Management, on the show today. So is Dave Spano, President and CEO. Thanks, Danny. Let's go
1: back and forth with some naughty and nice. And uh, should we start with naughty? I see you do have some eggnog. I'm not sure what's in there, (laughs) but let's start with with a naughty in the fact that Nike had its worst day in 26 years on Friday.
2: Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Nike had uh, a really bad quarter uh, as far as, you know, The interesting, the profits were okay. It's just, it was the outlook that they gave was really, I think, somewhat sobering, uh, not to play on words too much, especially with the eggnog reference. But uh, (laughs) you look at not only Nike, what also happened with FedEx, General Mills. I think there's almost this theory through their earnings reports. All of them had a pretty bad week. They were on the naughty list. But it was really because they had been caught up in consumers tightening their belts a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's a key thing is consumers, they're not... with
1: all of these weight loss drugs, (laughs) that's why they're tightening.
2: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, they can get away with tightening their belts now. That's right. They maybe have to punch in a new hole in their belt. But it is really, you know, you look at Nike. It was about the outlook. Consumers aren't really uh, splurging on those higher cost sneakers. So that's affecting their margins. Also issues as far as selling into China. Then with FedEx, they're caught up in how there's this cargo glut where during COVID everybody was having something shipped to their home and now they just have excess capacity. And so that's affecting their margins. There's weakness in Europe and China. So it's their international shipping that's really taken a hit. And then with General Mills, What the CEO said is that consumers are demonstrating value-oriented behaviors, meaning that they're purchasing store brands instead of name brands.
1: So let's talk about the nice and keep with that concept. Consumers are feeling nice. The consumer confidence has gone up. It has, yeah. It's really been incredible to see how much consumer confidence has popped.
2: And it's not just because people are kind of holding out hope for better days ahead. It's really been in that present conditions index where people are recognizing that incomes are actually growing on an inflation-adjusted basis. We got confirmation of that from the Bureau of Economic Analysis on Friday, when it showed that incomes, inflation adjusted for November, increased one half of a percent. Okay, year on year, they've, they're up probably something closer to about 2%. So that's quite healthy. Consumers are feeling better. Their number one concern does continue to be high prices. It's not politics. It's not anything else about like fear of losing jobs. It's really still about the high level of prices.
1: Let's touch on something we usually stay away from, and that is politics where Colorado is putting themselves right in the middle of the election series. And of course, we've seen this before where the Supreme Court had a weigh in. You'll recall the last time that happened.
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I would put that on the naughty list as far as this point. Uh, we know 2024 is an election year. Colorado Supreme Court ruling that former President Trump can't appear on the ballot because of some 14th Amendment concerns. So it'll probably get an expedited review by the Supreme Court. It really does politicize it. And I mean, to be honest, both sides, no matter where you are on the Issue on the aisle, it's going to gin up the base, you know, Question. which you know maybe actually is going to get people to go to the polls. So that's good. We know that uh, voting voter turnout has been on a secular decline, so maybe it'll get people to show up to the polls a little bit sooner. And
1: I was dragging in your law degree there for a second, <laughs> but let's go to the nice side and talk about really what's happening with OPEC.
2: Yeah, so the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, this cartel of thirteen countries that they conspire against consumers. They want to keep. Uh, oil prices high that's really what they're in the business of doing they've been cutting back on production Angola they have been a member for 16 years they decided that you know what we're not going to go along with this anymore now Angola is not a big player in OPEC they only do like a million barrels a day but still I think it's kind of interesting that they decided that we're not going to go along with these production cuts because we want to make money we want to increase our production
1: And we have a lot more, but we're running out of time here today. But earnings season coming up in January, we expect that to happen. And remember, folks, a lot of money is sitting on the sidelines. If earnings are better than expected, some of that money could come back in and extend the rally.
0: I didn't know we were supposed to wait till the end of the show. There's definitely Brandy in this (laughs) eggnog. Hey, folks, it's an often asked question, how much insurance do I need? We've got the team to answer that question, and we'll talk to one of them next. It's Money Talk, the annex Wealth Management Show,
3: 92.5 Fox News. Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com.
0: Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. It's an age-old question. How much life insurance does one need? That's what we're going to explore here. Are you ready to rock on this one? I am. There we go. First question might be the toughest. Is there a correct answer to this question? Well, it's one of those questions like asking how
4: many Christmas gifts should I buy for my kid, right? There's not a clear exact answer, but there's an acceptable
0: range and there's a sweet spot. I nosed around on the Internet and I found some stuff. In fact, I was inundated with solicitations for insurance page after page after page of Google results. What I did find was a couple of rules of thumb I want to run by you. And the first is multiply your income by 10 to find out how much coverage you need. Yeah, this is
4: a common rule of thumb. It's not a bad starting point. Think about this. A common reason to buy life insurance is for income replacement. And using myself as an example, I have a couple young kids, so definitely have a lot of life insurance on myself and my wife for replacing that income. But think about this. If you're younger, much younger, let's say you might need 12 or 15 times your income because you have many decades Mm -hmm. of income in front of you, and also insurance is less expensive at that point, and your income trajectory might be higher, right? Over the years, you might make more money if you're starting off just as a fresh graduate, for example. On the other hand, if you're closer to retirement and you've already built wealth, you may have less need than 10 times your income, or you may have no need at all. So that 10 times your income is a pretty good starting point. Also think about though, you've got parents who do not work, but still provide a lot of value. So having coverage on a parent who just works at home and is not making any income at all,
0: but taking care of the kids, that is very important as well. Yeah. Mary Poppins is not cheap, right? <laughs> Somebody watching the kids. <laughs> right, That's right. How much insurance do you need? Rule of thumb number two. 10 times your income, plus $100,000 per child for college. How about that? Well, it's better, right? Because
4: we're starting to consider more of those details. But let's say, for example, your kids are already in college, and maybe you're in your early 50s. A lot of families in that situation, we see kind of that need shifting away from life insurance and even also disability insurance, right? Because you've got less working years ahead of you that you need to protect with coverage. So,
0: yeah, that's a little bit better of a rule of thumb. Eric Strom, financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management and a husband and a father, and I'm sure he's thought more about this question than most of us, how much life insurance do I need? Rule of thumb number three is what is called the dime formula. Can you break that down? Yeah, dime. So your debt, your income replacement,
4: which we talked about, your M for mortgage and E for education, which is that college expense, this is probably my favorite rule of thumb because you are accounting for those most common large expenses that you would use life insurance. And with this rule, you are more likely to get enough coverage. Because remember, term life insurance For example, is very, very affordable. Term life insurance is great for those of us who are building wealth efficiently outside of life insurance in accounts such as, for example, a Roth IRA or retirement plans through work. And so that is good because if you use that dime formula, you can get a little bit more granular with your need. And on top of that income replacement, maybe you use 10 times your income there, but you're adding in those other debts and mortgages and college expenses as well. And since the coverage is so affordable for many people to get that pure
0: term risk coverage, then a formula like Dime is a pretty good way to go. There you go. Those are three decent rules of thumb to get you thinking. But when it comes to serious financial planning, Eric and the rest of the financial planning team dig in deep. They work the numbers, things that you might not be thinking about. It's what we do for our clients at Annex Wealth Management, turning things around. And you kind of referenced it earlier. Is there a point when somebody doesn't need life insurance?
4: Yeah. So going back to that dime formula, let's say you're in your mid-50s, for example, your mortgage balance is probably a little lower now. Time has gone by, you've paid it down somewhat, and you also have less working years ahead of you to protect for that I in dime, the income replacement. So especially if your net worth has grown over the years, hopefully you've been building that nest egg, you might actually be at the point where maybe you're self-insured in terms of that dime formula. So for that common reason, you may not need life insurance. I will put a caveat out there that there are many families out there who have unique reasons to buy life insurance. For example, business owners who may have a liquidity need if there was a death, real estate investors, same concept there, or higher net worth or ultra high net worth families sometimes use life insurance for various unique planning reasons as well. But setting those aside for many or most of us When you're in your mid 50s, we do see that need in general start to shift away from life insurance and more towards long term care insurance, which is a risk that many families are facing in the retirement years. And Eric, assessing our client's life insurance, it's what we do. It is. We're always trying to assess the risk of life insurance or a disability or a long-term care health event. These are very important risks. And a financial plan allows you to assess your need to actually, do I need to buy any of this type of
0: insurance? Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your insight. Thanks, Danny. It was bound to happen. Over your career, investments came along for the ride. The first 401k, brokerage account, profit sharing, stock options, pension, another 401k, an insurance policy, an annuity. You get the picture. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've seen, reviewed, dissected, discussed, and analyzed thousands of them. Some portfolios are like well-tended gardens and reflect diligence, patience, fortitude, and optimism. Others tell the story being so sold commission products that might not have been the best choice, maybe for the salesperson, but not for the investor. When the financial planning team at Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions based on what's important, the retirement you desire. That's where the good stuff happens. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. That's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. That's AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Amy Bremer, a CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. You know, in life, we like to think it's about the journey more than the destination. But with retirement planning, that's the destination. We want it to be what you desire. But you're also smart enough to know that once you pass one finish line, there are other challenges, and there will be challenges in the first 10 years of retirement. And I can all sense the currently retired folks that are listening are nodding in agreement. Amy, you have guided clients to retire. But at that point, none of us are done. No,
5: retirement's actually kind of the starting line, actually. We're
0: going to talk about challenges you might encounter. One might be managing cash flow. And Amy, some people might say, hey, listen, I did just fine when I was getting a paycheck. What's the difference?
5: Well, you're not getting a paycheck anymore right? So you have to replace that paycheck. And you also want to keep in mind that there are some unexpected expenses that will pop up in retirement. Things like roofs need to be replaced, water heaters need to be replaced, maybe you need to get a new car, and healthcare. Healthcare is a huge expense in retirement. So we want to plan for those things ahead of time and manage them. One of the things that I work with families on is something called a sustainable withdrawal amount. That's around 4% of your nesting. annually. So you want to take that 4% and recreate yourself the paycheck where you are paying yourself.
0: Challenges in the first 10 years of retirement, the second would be balancing growth and income. And again, like you pointed out, you're the paycheck provider now, and you're doing that via your savings and your investing.
5: Yeah, this part is huge, and it's often overlooked by retirees because they're saying to themselves, okay, I'm not working anymore, I don't have a paycheck, I can't have any stock. And I'm like, well, you got to have stock to grow that portfolio for your 80th and 87th year, but you need to have some bonds and some cash to fund your lifestyle now. So it's truly a balance between those growth stock investments and those income producing bond investments. And it's a balance that you want to have. And need. And need. And yeah. it's really easy if you're doing it yourself to not do that one the best. So it'd be better to work with a professional like someone from the Annex team.
0: And we know people.
5: We do know people. We
0: do. We're with Amy Bremer, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Challenges you might encounter in the first 10 years of retirement. The third is a big one. We talk about it all the time.
5: How to spend your time. And I'm very passionate about this one, Danny, because a lot of folks, especially Americans, when you go to a cocktail party, the first thing is say, you know, what's your name and what do you do? We define our personal selves by our jobs. And once that goes away, we sometimes lose a sense of self. So I really work with families at practice here in Annex to talk about their hobbies, talk about their children and grandchildren, talk about travel, or even starting a business. Something that to keep you busy in retirement, because retirement's a long time, 20, 30 years for most folks. You want to remember too that Retirement is front-end loaded, where you're going to spend a lot more money and time on those hobbies and traveling, checking off those lists on that bucket list, those items. And then after that, things kind of wane off if you checked off all your lists.
0: People between 65 and 74 have almost seven hours of leisure time a day. And it's not even leisure if you're really staying busy, yeah. but you've got to fill yeah. that up. What might you encounter in the first 10 years of retirement? Number four, planning for large purchases. You talked a little bit about that earlier. A
5: little bit. Things like Cars, those are big ones. And cars are, gosh, cars are so expensive right now. We talked about helping a kid or a grandchild with wedding expenses, things unexpected. How do you plan for that? So it's really important to work with a certified financial planner like someone from the Annex team. We have really sophisticated software that we can run through those scenarios to let you know if what you're considering is feasible. I'll give you a real life example. A current client of mine came to me and said, we want to build a house. Can we do that? Sure enough, we ran through the plan. They had all their details, their building expenses, interest rate expenses for the mortgage. And yeah, they can afford to do it. And they were like, really? Yeah, you can. So if there's power in working with a professional to help navigate those large purchases.
0: There's a long list of challenges you might encounter in the first 10 years of retirement. And we saved this one for last, and I apologize. Mm-hmm. Managing taxes.
5: Taxes. Death and tax is always so important, Right. So, there's a few things that you need to consider in retirement. Things like Roth conversions. Should you? Could you? Another thing to consider is when to start taking Social Security benefits. That's a really easy one to trip up. So we help families make those decisions. And then the bigger one, too, is when and how to take money out of your IRA and Roth IRA accounts, essentially creating that paycheck for yourself. There are certain things that people who do it on their own get tripped up on. They don't know that Social Security is taxable. And depending on your income from other sources, your combined tax rates between you and your spouse, if you make over $44,000, 85% of your Social Security is taxable. So there's some potholes there that you have to navigate, that's easier to do if you have someone like a certified financial planner on the Annex team.
0: So folks, if you're going to parachute into the wild jungle of retirement without a plan, the chances are you're going to wrestle with these challenges more than you should. Work with a fee-only fiduciary, work with Annex Wealth Management. We'd love to help. Amy Brammer, Wealth Manager and a CFP with Annex Wealth Management. Thank you.
5: Always my pleasure, Danny.
0: Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Every day, market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Time for Ask Annex and In the Studio. Fred Coleman, CFP, Wealth Manager, welcome. Thank you, Danny. And we got Matt Moore, the Investment Team Manager. CFP, welcome to you. Hey, Danny. Question number one, I'm 60 years old, want to learn more about the pros and cons of using a reverse mortgage to do a purchase of a new home. Are you able to give me any advice on this?
6: Yeah, so first off, you do have to be 62 to use a reverse mortgage, and typically you're gonna need a significant amount of equity in your existing home. There's really one pro to it, you get increased cash flow, Because you don't have any mortgage payment. Now, there are a lot of cons as well that go along with not having that payment. First off, reverse mortgages, they're not free. They're going to be origination costs. They're going to usually come with higher interest rates. And then the thing that some people don't account for is that you still have to pay taxes, homeowners insurance, and HOA fees. So if you're used to paying that within the mortgage payment, it can be a little bit of an adjustment. Also, it's a fairly complex financial instrument, so you want to be very careful when you're being offered these reverse mortgages because there are a lot of scams and bad actors that target our senior citizens with these types of offers. Question number two on Ask Annex,
0: as interest rates rose, I moved more money to our high yield savings account. What are signs I should look for to put that money back to work in equities?
7: Yeah, that's a great question, and one that we talk a lot about here you know, at Annex with our client portfolios and, and the money that our clients have outside of Annex as well, too. Ultimately, to me, it comes down to what is the purpose or the goal of those funds? Was that money that was sitting in the bank, but you knew you'd want to get invested at some point? Was it money you took out of the market, and now you're trying to work it back in? But I'd want to know what the goal of that is. For the sake of this conversation, let's assume you wanted to get that all into equities. What I would do is I would try to stay away from trying to time, which is really kind of where that question's coming from is, How should I know how to time that to get that back in? And and I would really be looking to essentially spread that money over a set of period of time, almost like dollar cost averaging. Think about how long you want to take. Is it six months, is it a year? Which should really depend on how much cash that is, especially in comparison to your overall portfolio. Then pick that and just kind of do it evenly. So if you're going to do it over a year, divide it by 12 and do a little bit every month. If you really do want to try to time it or you want to be a little bit more specific with that, what I would do is have that as your initial goal. But if the market starts pulling back, you know, maybe it comes back five percent, then I would speed it up and I would do the next month's investment right away. The market starts pulling back even further, great. I would speed it up again and set another month. put it in there. So you're kind of doing both, but ultimately it's what are you trying to achieve? We always talk about timing the market. It's a fool's errand. You know, if you took that money out of equities before, we're at all time highs as we're recording this right now. So you probably missed out on that. I wouldn't want to wait for a gigantic pullback to try to put it back in because you might not get it.
6: Participating in the market is, you know, usually the better option. You can look at, you know, November for example, that was one of the Mm -hmm. greatest months in the history of the stock market. And if you missed out on that, then you missed out on a lot of potential long-term return. It's Ask Annex. Got a question. You head to our website,
0: annexwealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. We can help, and I know we can. You just click that Get Started button. Question number three, does it matter if an equity moves to a new index? And then he mentions a fairly major company Mm -hmm. that did move to the S&P 500. Does this somehow legitimize it? it does but generally for a short time
7: period you know if you're thinking about is it the stock going to pop because now it's going to go in that index generally right away it will because you have a a whole brand new set of buyers that are going to be going in and need to add it So, for instance, a company gets added to the S&P 500. You're going to have a bunch of ETFs and mutual funds that track that index that are going to have to go buy it now because it didn't hold it before. But they need to have it in there by the time that is calculated as part of that indice. But what you tend to see is that that momentum or the publicity around that tends to fade. And now it's just one out of the 500-odd companies that are there. And people forget, not everybody knows what all companies are in there. In fact, there's actually 503 in the S&P 500 right now, so it's not exactly 500 but people tend to forget a lot about what companies are in there so that big pop happens right away you generally see over time though that, that kind of goes away and then it's just trading as its own
6: company
0: and what it's gonna do is what it's gonna do. You're about to tell me the big 10 is not 10 teams. <laughs>
6: right? yeah,
0: yeah. Same thing Fred, Great reference, thought on that? Yeah.
6: I think it says more about the actual company than the stock. I mean, to say you're one of the 500 largest companies, that's a sign of the company's maturity, uh, but the companies in the S&P, you know, change all the time as well. So if you go back 20, 30 years, you know, hardly any of those companies that were in in there before are still in there now is this like english soccer do you get
7: relegated uh you certainly do there's metrics so all these indices have the rules in terms of what companies are going to be in there so for instance the s p 500 also has profitability metrics that that company needs to maintain one real famous one going back over the last couple of years was was Tesla. And Tesla, although it was one of the largest companies in the world from a market cap standpoint, had to achieve so many quarters in a row of profitability before it could even be considered to be included. So they're one that had a gigantic run up because people, you could tell what the financial statements look like and where they're going to be. So people were just waiting for that. But yeah, there's certain metrics in some of them. Other indices are just kind of blanket indices and they could just be in there. So there's not as much publicity or the up and down there, but some of them do have certain metrics you want to watch out for.
0: Matt Morrissey, investment team manager. Thanks. Thank you. Fred Coleman, CFP, wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. We are one source of investment advice, and we do it as a fee only fiduciary. What about the advice you see on social media sites like TikTok and Instagram? We're going to take a break and talk about it, including the dangers, next. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. If the only tool you have is a hammer, everything you fix looks like a nail. Same thing goes for some annuity salesmen. Need help with tax planning? Maybe
7: you need an annuity. Recession coming? Have you tried annuity? Retirement planning? You get the picture. Sometimes you need more than a one-tool solution. It's time for serious fee-only fiduciary planning from Annex Wealth Management. Our in-house
0: team of experts will offer you a rigorously tested plan built just for you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Ryan Van Blarkham is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. One-third of adults under 30 regularly scroll TikTok for news. That's a 255% increase since 2020. The TikTok increase is taking place across all age demographics, Mm -hmm. though, not just younger Americans. In fact, recent Forbes advisor survey found 79 percent of members from millennial and Gen Z generations have gotten financial advice Mm -hmm. from social media. Apologize up front, Ryan. I I chose you for this
8: segment (laughs) because I assumed you were a TikTok user. You are not. I am not. And it's funny because you. Know, when I hear that, it brings me back to when my siblings and I were kids. My dad would sarcastically say, you should believe everything you read on the internet. Well, you know, now, years later, we as a society have really adopted the digital platform as our main source to get all those forms and news updates and things like that. To your question, though, I, I disagree with that. You know, What's the old saying, if everyone else jumped off a bridge, would you? Now, I'm not implying that investing in stocks or bonds is like jumping off a bridge. However, I believe that same principle applies here. When you are investing, it's important to understand a few things. What's your time horizon? How long until you need those funds? Is it six months, one year, five years, 10 years? This is a major component for how you should have your funds allocated if even invested at all. Next would be what's your risk tolerance versus risk capacities. Essentially, what are you comfortable with versus what makes the most sense? Not everyone has the same attitude towards risk, and it's another reason why no one should immediately assume those investments are right for them. And then finally, what are your liquidity needs? Do you have ample emergency funds that would be three to six months of non-discretionary money? That's important because what if you get sick? What if you lost your job? Are you able to pay for basic necessities? When you start to ask these questions, you start to poke holes in that line of thinking, showing that not every investment is a perfect match for each individual. So I got
0: a list of various investing and financial planning advice that comes from social media curious to see what you think based on your training, your experience. First advice somebody might see on TikTok or some other form of social media, invest in
8: the same stocks as the rich and famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the biggest takeaway when looking to mimic the past is that past performance does not guarantee future results, period. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Even if historically the investments that John Doe, for example, had picked did very well, that does not mean those same companies will meet the same expectations moving forward. I was actually reading an article that said the average TikTok video was roughly 38 seconds. Now imagine you have, whether it's your retirement funds, fund money, or just some other form of discretionary money, to make investment-altering decisions based off a 38-second video, to me personally, does not seem like a good idea. I would highly encourage others to do their own research outside of TikTok or work with a financial professional such as Annex.
0: Ryan Van Blarkham is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, wiser than most. He stays off TikTok. We're talking about the increase in people using social media for investment and retirement planning
8: advice. Another thing you're going to run across on social media is the way to, quote, get rich quick. This one especially concerns me because quite honestly, you see these kinds of schemes all over the place. I'm sure we've all seen the ads for, if you take this pill, you'll lose five pounds in a week. You know, that sounds great, but it's not always the case. I may not have TikTok, but I am familiar with it to understand that videos like this like to oversimplify the value of hard work and perseverance. Building wealth is all about doing the little things time and time again. It's taking that 1% to your raise each year and using it to increase your 401k contributions or understanding wants versus needs when we're shopping online, where this becomes so difficult and why I feel people tend to fall victim to these get rich quick schemes so easily is that spending money has never been more convenient than it is today. We've all been there. You're on Amazon, you just bought something for 20 or 30 bucks and you say to yourself, did I really need that? Was that a want or need? You develop buyer's remorse. Where this ties together is that When we get in the habit of spending money on miscellaneous items, we feel like we're strapped for cash and then turn to those get-rich-quick schemes, as you mentioned, in hopes of getting out of that vicious spending cycle. Moral of the story, do the little things, and when you see some lucrative investments, we all like to remind people is if it seems too good to be true, then it probably is. There's a couple more.
0: They're incredibly unrealistic. I'll Mm -hmm. just rattle them off. If you start an S corporation, you don't have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve has a secret million-dollar bank account for every American citizen. Anyone can teach themselves how to day trade and be successful at it. Buying into newer cryptocurrencies early will make you rich. This is the kind of stuff that you, maybe as a parent or a grandparent, have to combat because... The younger generation is kind of falling for this. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just saw this thing. One of the TikTok latest trends is the silent depression. And they want to explain why Americans feel so bad about financial standing, even though we're in pretty good shape, housing, transportation, food, increasing share of Americans' take-home pay. But economists say that doesn't make any sense at all. hmm So, Ryan, our bottom line advice from social media, what are you saying?
8: Bottom line, I would say perform your due diligence. Take the time to gather information from multiple sources, you know, not just TikTok. Truly understand the kind of investments you're getting yourself into and the potential ramifications of them. You know, next would be credible sources. Any person can put a video on TikTok talking about the investment market and say they're a money expert or budget specialist. You know, speak with a fee-only fiduciary like Annex, who deals with these kinds of things every single day. And then finally, do the little things consistently. Try to increase your four hundred one k contributions annually. You know, max that Roth IRA or build up that emergency fund. There are no shortcuts when it comes to success. Ryan Van Blarcom, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Danny. This is Money Talk, the
0: Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
3: Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com.
0: Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hey, Danny. Well, end of the year, great time to look back, see what you did right. Maybe you plan ahead. I found an article titled, Five Key Signs You Need to Put More into Your 401k. But how do you know if you're not putting enough into a workplace retirement plan like a 401k? Well, number one would be you're not getting the full employer match, and you're not getting it because you're not getting to that threshold, right?
9: Woof. I guarantee you if I went out to 41 and held out $100 bills, people would stop and take them. If you're not putting enough money to get basically pay raise from your employer, try whatever you can do to get to that threshold so you get 100% of that match. Just like an example If you're over 59 and a half, you're not putting money in a 401k, and yet your company has a 5% match. If you just put the money in, took the match, and took it out, you're still just going to, you're not going to pay a penalty on that. You're just going to pay income tax. So it's a free 5% pay raise. Get to that threshold and accept free money.
0: There you go. Number two, you got a fully funded emergency
9: fund and no high interest debt. Well, that's a tough putt, right? Sometimes tough putts go in. But uh, first off, congrats on uh, the having the emergency fund. If you do have high interest debt, we always encourage you to get rid of that first because it's a silent drain on your bank account, whether you feel it or not see it. But if you're paying that interest every month, let's get rid of it. But emergency funds first. And then if you do have the emergency fund and you feel some extra cash, kick up your savings have an idea what percentage you are saving, kick it up two or 3%. Make it not hurt, but feel a little bit. And, um, you know, next thing you know, a little bit of money goes a long way.
0: Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. Five signs you need to put more into your 401k, and you just kind of touched on it. You're saving less than 10% of your
9: paycheck. I'm a believer that it really should hurt a little bit, but that's just how I roll. Well, I rule the same way and um, I don't like debt. It keeps me up at night, so we just don't have it. But anyway, if you are saving less than 10%, first place to look are your expenses. Where is your money going? What's it going to? Are you spending things on nice to haves or have to haves? If you are spending too much on nice to haves, try and cut those out because have to haves are tough to take away. Suggestion
0: number four, your retirement income projections are too low. And I guess this depends on where you got those projections from. If you did it on an online calculator, that's one thing. But if you're working with a a fee-only fiduciary like Annex Wealth Management,
9: that's a call to action. It, it absolutely is, and if you don't have a plan that has it all laid out for you, come see us. That's what we do for you. We create the roadmap, and it's not the old AAA roadmaps, so, you know, where you click over five pages with the highlighted <laughs> <Yeah>. I <Trip, laughs> Highlighted trip, route. Were those
0: things trip ticks? Is that what they call Trip them? ticks, trip yes. Ticks, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm
9: sorry, Danny, I'm dating us. <laughs> but um, we lay out a clear plan. We have your expenses, your income, your growth projections, It's a very comforting feeling, Uh, you know, people that come in for the first time, when we build the plan for them, review it with them a year later, most of them will say, I cannot believe I ever lived without this. So get that planned, know when and how much you need to save, and when you can uh, say, I'm done, I am retired. Here's the
0: fun one, and it's the final one. Five key signs you need to put more into your 401k if you want to reduce your tax bill
9: tax planning helps with that and uh, here at annex we do a lot of tax planning for our clients along with that tax planning if you don't have a roth ira that might help you even though that's after tax dollars that go in that but it grows tax-free i mean and that sure helps uh, your beneficiaries or your distribution strategy downstream and one other thing to consider if you're over 50 there's catch-up clauses in your ira you can uh, withhold more money if your tax bill is high Park it in your IRA because you don't pay tax on that money. Okay,
0: three things. Number one, how if somebody wants to call you, how do we do that?
9: Uh, you can reach me directly at 239-350-6363. Okay, number two, our new location, pretty spiffy. We're really, really proud of it, Danny. It's 4901 Tamiami Trail, just south of Pine Ridge Road. And number three, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Danny. It's been a great year. And I I hope all the folks out there look back and, you know, have had a great year. And let's connect and and let's build a great year for 2024. Excellent.
0: Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Like it or not, you are a media-consuming machine chased all day by headlines, texts, emails, on the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. News about market volatility and uncertainty could lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report increased stress about their investment and retirement plans. This isn't a time to be frozen in place. Take action. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side. Build a plan that will help cut through the noise. We'll provide comprehensive investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Let Annex do a deep dive on your portfolio, offer unbiased advice with Wealth Metric, and work to create a solid plan for you and your family. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. It takes only a couple of minutes. Set your own appointment. In person or online, it's time to take action and know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? The relationship between Annex and our clients is unique. Our goal is to help them reach and maintain the kind of retirement they desire, and we do that through our initial phase of portfolio review, meetings to get on the same page, ongoing communication. When it comes to investment, retirement, tax planning, and estate planning, it is logical, it is planned. But... What happens when the unexpected happens? I can tell you this. We do not wait until the next scheduled meeting. Our teams spring into action when a client calls. We understand the unexpected is just as real as the expected. Joining me, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Talk about the unexpected. Welcome back, Deanne. Hi, Danny. As a matter of fact, you actually had some search and rescue in your background too, didn't you?
3: (laughs) I I did. That's definitely dealing with the unexpected.
0: You're the perfect person for this. When the unexpected hits for women, it can be downright Awful.
3: Yes, and of course there are unexpected happy events, and those often require pre-planning as well. But here we're talking about the events we're fearful of: disability, illness, breakups, even the passing of a loved one or ourselves, and the financial consequences that then follow. These events can trigger so much pinch hitting and decision making. And if that planning isn't done before the events hit, when we combine all the financial decisions we need to make after the events happen with emotional going on in us, well, Danny, we know that can lead to poor choices being made quickly after the fact. In fact, there is some planning that just can't even be done after a hardship occurs. This is where if we can pre-plan, it makes it easier on ourselves and our loved ones later on.
0: With a couple, right or wrong, it's often the husband is taking a bigger role in financial matters often they kind of made it their thing to have high financial awareness is that an issue
3: yeah you know often we see partners split financial duties in a household one partner might take care of the day-to-day budgeting and spending and the other might track and control the investments and to your point in the older generations especially so greatest generation baby boomers yes it's often the man who deals with the investments this can then lead the women because we statistically outlive our male companions sorry Danny it can leave us scrambling to get arms around and Investment pieces and those might be all over the place, and sometimes they're unaware of what's out there at all. I worked with one case where this happened twice to this poor family. A couple came in, the woman with her husband, her husband had been diagnosed with advancing dementia. She was trying to figure out where he had all the pieces in the financial puzzle, and she was in the process of figuring this all out when she actually had an aneurysm and passed, Mm. leaving the family with no idea where anything was you know in in some cases i've had people where the gentleman had dementia and he was actually hiding the investment statements under his pillow to Mm. keep them safe but you know when he passed again she had no idea
0: when the unexpected hits women can suddenly find themselves in a series of transitions
3: and decisions and here's where we advise that they have someone whom they can trust who can be that second set of eyes and ears for them and with them you know when we're grieving in particular and again this happens not just with death divorce and disability we grieve when we became an empty nester some people do or losing your job or having to move away from your support base We hear and see things differently during that. You know, my other certification is actually in behavioral finance. And this really fits in with all this because I'll tell you what, as advisors, we understand this. We encourage people to bring in their support system. We encourage a lot of communication during these transitions. And we also encourage you to take time with some big decisions that don't have to be made immediately, like a hurried house sale, for example. Some things need to be made quickly. Some things should be thought out.
0: And we're going to point out that not everybody is married. We get that. And unexpected events don't always involve death.
3: Well, that's correct. So for many single people I work with, working with through their estate plan and choosing the power of attorney for health care and finances, that can be a very daunting and difficult decision. Now, they might be aware or not that they need to do it, especially if they want to move into an age in place facility, you know, where they move into an independent apartment someplace where if they need assistance later on, they don't have to move. They can get that assisted living. Those places often require those powers of attorney in place. You know, however, when you're single with no kids, choosing those people can be a tough decision. This is again why we have educational attorneys on staff to help our clients work through the thought process. Great divorce, also an area. Yep, Danny, that's divorce over the age of 50. It's gaining momentum, unfortunately, statistically. Many of the divorce cases I see now are older people. This is an entirely different transition. Why we offer consultations on the process and to look at the financial plan after the divorce. People in all cases just wanna know, will I be okay? And how will I not be a burden on my kids?
0: We don't want people scrambling. That's the last thing a spouse would want.
3: If you know a woman in your life who's going through a hard transition and encourage them to be prepared.
0: Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, CDFA, thank you.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: It was bound to happen. Over your career, investments came along for the ride. The first 401k, brokerage account, profit sharing, stock options, pension, another 401k, an insurance policy, an annuity. You get the picture. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've seen, reviewed, dissected, discussed, and analyzed thousands of them. Some portfolios are like well-tended gardens and reflect diligence, patience, fortitude, and optimism. Others tell the story being so, sold commission products that might not have been the best choice, maybe for the salesperson, but not for the investor. When the financial planning team at Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions based on what's important, the retirement you desire. That's where the good stuff happens. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. That's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. That's Annex Wealth we're back couple of reminders number one this show available as a podcast at the top of the hour number two One week from today, it's the Money Talk year-end review show. It's always one of our favorites. Hope you can join us for that. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson. Our chief economist is in the studio, so it's Dave Spano. He is our president and CEO.
1: You know, Danny, as we get together with family and we've exhausted all of the conversations (laughs) about the local sports teams, right, we know we don't want to talk about religion and politics. Maybe you do, but you certainly can talk about the economics and what has happened, and there has been a lot that has happened in 2023. Yeah, 2023 seems like it has taken an
2: eternity to get through, really. I mean, just everything that has been crammed into it. When I think back as far as how we started the year, especially with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, I think that was you know very notable, but it feels like an eternity ago. You had the collapse of that bank. You had First Republic being acquired by uh, JP Morgan. So real concerns about the financial system. Those concerns aren't completely gone, but they have really, really been managed well by... By the FDIC and by the Federal Reserve. So, I mean, you know, that's how we started the year. And then I think some people have forgotten about how all the political chaos, too, Mm -hmm. as far as with how long did it take to elect uh, Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House? And then he was the first one to actually be let go of that position right. as well in history. So
1: it's a good thing you shorted Kevin McCarthy and you <laughs> went long Taylor Swift. <laughs> that, well, yeah, yeah. That was a nice play.
2: Yeah, actually, I think that was uh, around in March where the Taylor Swift uh, uh, tour took place. Uh, that was around about the same time that people <laughs> were worried about Silicon Valley Bank. And, man, she did have a huge effect. Yeah, on the, the economy, <laughs>
1: there's no question, right? Because all of the kids that went out, or kids, everybody who went yeah. out to went to the show and went to the theater. I mean, there's no question she had an economic impact. And let's talk about really what's happened with interest rates. And I know we talk a lot about the Federal Reserve, but interest rates go into valuation not only for stocks, not only for bonds, but for all the pricing mechanisms. And of course, if you're going to go borrow some mm-hmm. money that's part of this conversation as well.
2: That's right. And that's one of the things that we really saw in 2023 was the effect of how a lot of people were able to lock in low mortgage rates in the 2020 to 2022 period, and so they took their homes off the market. You know, it really did suck a lot of inventory out of the existing home sales market. That was a good thing for home builders. Home builders really like that because if you can't buy a, a used home an existing home, you have to shift to a new home, and so that's been one of the interesting dynamics. And year.
1: people aren't doing that. I mean, if you if you are in a mortgage at three or four percent, they're saying I'm staying put. Yes. Right, and so that's the reason why you see a supply issue as well. So the demand is there. Supply is not but you talk about what's happening and you saw some economic reports from home builders that are pretty excited about 2024.
2: That's right. So the National Association of Home Builders, they have their sentiment index and it does show that home builders are getting a little bit more optimistic about the outlook. It's not necessarily that they think that near term things are looking great. It's they believe 6 months from now things are going to be looking a lot better. And if you think about how the big story coming out of COVID the construction costs, lumber prices, all of that has come down. But sadly, as those prices came down, mortgage rates went up. And so it was almost like they got a benefit on the one side, but then they got slapped in the face with the other hand as far as what was going on in the economy. And maybe within the next six months, they're going to get a little bit better traction because lower costs. And then if mortgage rates stabilize or continue to drift a little bit lower, that should really help existing home sales and the new home sales market.
1: Yeah, and that's a lot of pop- stuff, And of course, folks, this will continue to work against the wall of worry. All of the concerns that are happening in most recently with the Red Sea attacks, all of that is happening that does cause dislocation in pricing, which argues for a balanced portfolio.
2: It really does. You think about what did well and what did not in 2023, you have the NASDAQ up more than 40%, practically 50%, but then you have utility stocks. Those are down about eight and a half percent. There's a this huge gap between the winners and the losers. And how good are you going to be as far as flipping from one to the other, especially in the short term? That's why it really does pay to kind of know what you own, know why you own it, what you're paying, and also hold it for the long term.
0: Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. Dave Spano, President and CEO. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. Holidays are here, folks. Hopefully you're going to be with the ones you love. Are you ready for what's next? For you, for sure, but for them as well. Let's put a plan in place together, not just for next year, but every year after that. AnnexWealth.com is the place. We're ready as a fee-only fiduciary partner. Just click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Back here next Sunday, noon. Happy Holidays it's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.